Section 14 of A Treatise on Good Works. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Philip Nottis. A Treatise on Good Works by Martin Luther. Translated by Johann Michael Roy. Treatise 28 through 31. 28. Further works of this commandment are that we shall not swear, curse, lie, deceive, and conjure with the holy name of God, and otherwise misuse it, which are very simple matters and well known to everyone, being the sins which have been almost exclusively preached and proclaimed under this commandment. These also include that we shall prevent others from making sinful use of God's name by lying, swearing, deceiving, cursing, conjuring, and otherwise. Herein again, much occasion is given for doing good and warding off evil. But the greatest and most difficult work of this commandment is to protect the holy name of God against all who misuse it in a spiritual matter, and to proclaim it to all men. For it is not enough that I, for myself and in myself, praise and call upon God's name in prosperity and adversity. I must step forth, and for the sake of God's honor and name, bring upon myself the enmity of all men, as Christ said to his disciples, Ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. Here we must provoke to anger father, mother, and the best of friends. Here we must strive against spiritual and temporal powers and be accused of disobedience. Here we must stir up against us the rich, learned, holy, and all that is of repute in the world. And although this is especially the duty of those who are commanded to, to preach God's word, yet every Christian is also obliged to do so when time and place demand. For we must for the holy name of God, risk and give up all that we have and can do, and show by our deeds that we love God and his name, his honor and his praise above all things, and trust him above all things, and expect good from him, thereby confessing that we regard him as the highest good, for the sake of which we let go and give up all other goods. 29. Here we must first of all resist all wrong, where truth or righteousness suffers violence or need, and dare make no distinction of persons, as some do, who fight most actively and busily against the wrong which is done to the rich, the powerful, and their own friends. But when it is done to the poor or the despised or their own enemy, they are quiet and patient. These see the name and the honor of God not as it is, but through a painted glass, and measure truth or righteousness according to the persons, and do not consider the deceiving eye, which looks more on the person than on the thing. These are hypocrites wherein and have only the appearance of defending the truth, for they well know that there is no danger when one helps the rich, the powerful, the learned and one's own friends, and can in turn enjoy the protection and be honored by them. 
Thus, it is very easy to fight against the wrong which is done to popes, kings, princes, bishops, and other bigwigs. Here, each wants to be the most pious, where there's no great need. Oh, how sly is here the deceitful Adam with his demand. How finely does he cover his greed of profit with the name of truth and righteousness and God's honor. But when something happens to a poor and insignificant man, there the deceitful eye does not find much profit, but cannot help seeing the disfavor of the powerful. Therefore he lets the poor man remain unhelped. And who could tell the extent of this vice in Christendom? God says in the 82nd Psalm, How long will ye judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? Judge the matter of the poor and the fatherless. Demand justice for the poor and needy. Deliver the poor and rid the forsaken out of the hand of the wicked. But it is not done. And therefore the text continues, they know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. That is, the truth they do not see, but they stop at the reputation of the great, however unrighteous they are, and do not consider the poor, however righteous they are. 30. See here would be many good works. For the greater portion of the powerful, rich, and friends do injustice and oppress the poor, the lowly, and their own opponents. And the greater the men, the worse the deeds. And where we cannot by force prevent and help the truth, we should at least confess it, and do what we can with words, not take the part of the righteous, not approve them, but speak the truth boldly. What would it help a man if he did all manner of good, made pilgrimages to Rome and to all holy places, acquired all indulgences, built all churches and endowed houses, if he were found guilty of sin against the name and honor of God, not speaking of them and neglecting them and regarding his possessions, honor, favor, and friends more than the truth, which is God's name and honor. Or who is he before whose door and into whose house such good works do not daily come, so that he would have no need to travel far or to ask after good works? And if we consider the life of men, how in every place men act so very rashly and lightly in this respect, we must cry out with the prophet, Ominous homo midax, all men are liars, lie and deceive. For the real good works they neglect, and adorn and paint themselves with the most insignificant, and want to be pious, to mount to heaven, in peaceful security. But if you should say, why does God do it alone himself, since he can and knows how to help each one? Yes, he can do it. He does not want to do it alone. He wants us to work with him and does us the honor to want to work his work with us and through us. And if we are not willing to accept such honor, he will, after all, perform the work alone and help the poor, and those who were unwilling to help him and have despised the great honor of doing his work, he will condemn us with the righteous, because they have made a common cause with the righteous, just as he alone is blessed, 
but he wants to do us the honor and not be alone in his blessedness but have us to be blessed with him and if he were to do it alone his commandments would be given us in vain because no one would have occasion to exercise himself in the great works of these commandments and no one would test himself to see whether he regards god and his name as the highest good and for his sake risks everything thirty one it also belongs to this work to resist all false seductive erroneous heretical doctrines every misuse of spiritual power now this is much higher for these use the holy name of god itself to fight against the name of god for this reason it seems a great thing and a dangerous thing to resist them because they assert that he who resists them resists god and all his saints in whose place they sit and whose power they use saying that christ is said of them he that heareth you heareth me and he that despiseth you despiseth me on which words they lean heavily become insolent and bold to say to do and to leave undone what they please put the ban a curse rob murder and practice all their wickedness in whatever way they please and can invent without any hindrance now christ did not mean that we should listen to them in everything that they might say and do but only then when they present to us his word the gospel not their word his work and not their work how else could we know whether their lies and sins were to be avoided there must be some rule to what extent we are to hear and to follow them and this rule cannot be given by them but must be established by god over them that it may serve us as a guide as we shall hear in the fourth commandment it must be indeed that even in the spiritual state of the greater part preach false doctrine and misuse spiritual power so that thus occasion may be given us to do the works of this commandment and that we be tried to see what we are willing to do and to leave undone against such blasphemers for the sake of god's honor oh if we were god-fearing in this manner how often would the knaves of officials have to decree their papal and episcopal ban in vain how weak the roman thunderbolts would become how often would many a one have to hold his tongue to whom the world must now give ear how few preachers would be found in christendom but it has gotten the upper hand whatever they assert and in whatever way that it must be right here no one fights for god's name and honor and i hold that no greater or more frequent sin is done in external works than under this head it is a matter so high that few understand it and besides adorned with god's name and power dangerous to touch but the prophets of old were masters in this also the apostles especially st paul who did not allow it to trouble them whether the highest or the lowest priest had said it or had done it in god's name or in his own they looked to the works and words and held them up to god's commandment no matter whether big john or little nick said it or whether they had done it in god's name or in man's 
and for this they had to die. And of such dying there would be much more to say in our time, for things are much worse now. But Christ and St. Peter and Paul must cover all this with their holy names, so that no more infamous cover for infamy has been found on earth than the most holy and most blessed name of Jesus Christ. One might shudder to be alive simply because of the misuse and blasphemy of the holy name of God, through which, if it shall last much longer, we will, as I fear, openly worship the devil as a god. So completely do spiritual authorities and the learned lack all understanding in these things. It is high time that we pray God earnestly that he hallow his name. But if it will cost blood, and they who enjoy the inheritance of the holy martyrs and are one with their blood, must again make martyrs. Of this, more another time. End of section 14. Recording by Philip Nottis.